0: Welcome to Voices of the Walk, Pass for All's everyday walking podcast. Our mission is to get Scotland walking, everyone, everywhere and every day. In this podcast series, we'll be hearing from a variety of Scotland's walking champions who are helping make our vision a reality. Hello and welcome to this Voices of the Walk podcast episode, hosted by myself, Deborah Fox, communications and marketing manager with Pass for All. We're delighted to be joined today in Edinburgh by Professor Jeff French. Professor French is a global thought leader in the fields of behavioural influence, social marketing, social communication and citizen-focused programming, planning and evaluation. Jeff has published over 100 academic papers and five books, plus numerous guides and toolkits on these subjects. He's also a visiting professor at several universities and is the CEO of Strategic Social Marketing. Professor French was also the keynote speaker at the 2019 Paths for All Expert Lecture. So welcome Jeff. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure. So we just heard a wee bit about your background there, a very brief overview of the extensive work that you do in the fields of behavioural change and social marketing. Can you tell us a bit more about how you came to be where you are now?
1: Oh, that's a tough question to start with. (laughs) How did I walk this path? Um, I started off as a biologist, I was actually a botanist, that was my kind of first uh, degree uh, and then I became a, a, a biology teacher in the in school. And then I was recruited to work into what was called in those days health education. So I worked for a health authority. Uh, so then I worked for the next 25 years in public health, on, on, you know, promoting health. Um, then I, I worked at national, regional and local level. Ended up being a senior civil servant in the Department of Health. Um, discovered along the way marketing... Uh, which has become my vocation now. I've been doing that for the last 20-plus years. Uh, So, yeah, I'm really interested in influencing behaviour, using everything that we know to do that for social good. And I think uh, public sector, not-for-profit organisations have taken the lead in that, and that we've done some fantastic work, although there are big challenges ahead as well. But I increasingly believe that we need every sector to be engaged with that, so the NGO sector... And also the private, for-profit sector as well, which I, we do some also do some great work. But um, there are lots of disconnects in the system, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of interested in how we influence the behaviour, and how do we bring everybody together to do that?
0: Would you mind just giving us a very quick overview of what social marketing is?
1: Yeah, and it, its kind of simplest, social marketing is applying marketing techniques and principles uh, to understand and solve complex social problems, so marketing is about creating value uh, and out of that value there's economic benefit to the companies that run things and deliver goods and services, people get value in the form of those goods and services, well you know marketing is a very powerful way of influencing people as we know Uh, and in a sense there's a lot of understanding and know-how about how to understand people and what they value and create that value and then promote it in a very effective way. Um, so in a sense we'd be crazy, wouldn't we, if we didn't use some of that understanding uh, to solve some of the big social challenges that we have.
0: So the focus of your keynote at the Pass For All Expert Lecture was on a citizens and systems approach to walking for all. Yeah. Can you expand a bit about on the main themes and the concepts that you covered?
1: Yeah, there's, there's two main kind of concepts that I'm going to try and cover or did cover in the, in the talk. Uh, first of all, being citizen-centric. Uh, lots of our not-for-profit health and promotional programs uh, still are kind of driven by a top-down expert view of the world and how solutions can be created and delivered. Now, that's, that's paid dividends in, in the past, I and mean, we've, we've had some great successes in areas like smoking and teenage pregnancy. Um, but when we start to get into kind of, you know, more complex issues... Um, uh, things like you know, food and diet and encouraging the uptake of exercise and, and, and so on um, that kind of top-down approach to kind of you know sending out the scientific evidence of people and encouraging them to, to take it up and sometimes legislating to make that happen is a bit more difficult in these more complex kind of areas of, of human behaviour so by citizen-centric what I mean is Really putting a lot of effort into understanding the people that we're seeking to serve, using their expert knowledge and understanding of the problem and some of the solutions to create interventions that are going to be more meaningful to them and things that they're more likely to take up. So rather than you know don't do this or do this kind of approach to uh, to people from a basis of expertise and authority, it's more of a kind of co-production approach to understanding the problem crafting some potential interventions, delivering them, and also uh, co-evaluation of those programs. I mean, in, in, in medicine, we often say the joke is this, the operation was successful, but the patient died. Well, from a you know patient-perceived benefit perspective, the operation was not a success. <laughs> okay. So it's about you know working with people to sort out the best way forward. I mean, one of the things that I say, or say in the lecture is If you put enough effort into listening to people, they will give you part of the solution and they'll certainly give you a lot of understanding about the problem. And the trouble is we don't put enough effort, time or resources or money into creating that understanding and creating that partnership with communities, I don't think. Although there are some good examples. Around The second concept is about a systemic approach. So what we know, and again in the field of of exercise, promotion or active transport, there's a big body of evidence that says if you take an individualistic perspective and ignore many of the other structural economic social resilience factors environmental factors just by focusing on you know telling people individually what they can and should do that's going to have pretty limited impact because there are many things that get in the way of individuals i mean not most of us in the ideal world ideal circumstances would be you know, we wouldn't smoke, we'd would take lots of exercise, we'd love our children, hug trees, and do all the other lovely things that we should and would like to do. But stuff gets in the way. Mm-hmm. So taking a systems approach means understanding all the factors that are influencing people's behaviour, not just their own personal uh, you know, cognition mm-hmm. and their own willpower. It's about all the other things that might be affecting them. So that involves things like um, competition analysis. Who is pushing back? who is making it more difficult for people to walk more often, mm-hmm. or more frequently or in a more kind of joyous way mm-hmm. as, a, as a group. And often I mean, we don't do that. We, we, we focus on programmes to influence people positively, but we don't think about all the other factors that might probably need to be tackled to make it easier and more possible for people to walk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So a, a combination of that, citizen-centric and engaged approach like co-production with citizens, and taking a more wider perspective of all of the factors that can influence people's walking behaviour
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, what well, the evidence tells us, the most effective way to go. Okay,
0: thank you. So what are the challenges and opportunities facing organisations and individuals who are trying to promote a shift away from private car use onto more active travel and public transport?
1: There, there there are a number of things. Obviously in in, in one corner you have the competition that want to encourage people to use their car more yeah. yes. <laughs> okay. and not forms of active transport. And there is, you know, there's you know, people now in the auto industry, um, there's a big problem in the auto industry because there's overcapacity globally. Uh, and also cars are good, they don't break down. People can keep them for 10, 20 years, they still work. Most environmentally sound cars a car that already exists. Um, so what are the auto industry doing? Uh, they're creating a new range of products uh, electric vehicles hybrid vehicles and creating demand for a switch into those that's still not active transport slightly probably less bad for the environment uh, but certainly not particularly good for the environment mm-hmm. and not good for kind of more active forms of travel so there's yeah. there are some people that are pushing in the opposite direction and uh, I think uh, we need to look at things like through through design requirements and legislation. You know, there may be things that we need to do to kind of you know, um, make that appeal less appealing mm-hmm. uh, by things like you know better, cheaper, free, or low cost sp- public transport might be a good idea, mm-hmm. something to invest in. So, yeah, I think one of the big challenges is pushback from from the opposition, if you like. Um, I also think there's there's lots of competition for sedentary behaviour. Um, yeah, you know, lots of the entertainment industry now. Want you to sit passively and watch a screen, be that screen in your pocket, or you know, home big big screen, or going out to the cinema. So there's, and that's true for radio and all kinds of other, you know, uh, social media. So there's a lot of competition that's encouraging people just to sit down and do nothing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sit down and consume media product. Uh, It's not nothing. Um, And then we have a whole range of issues uh, which I've alluded to before environmental, social um, views about, you know, what what walking is and what it's for and who it's for. Um, You know, lots of people that are kind of more active walkers tend to be better off younger um, people. So, uh, you know, there's a job to be done to promote walking as the wonder product that it is Mm -hmm. to a whole range of uh, communities that maybe don't perceive it to be for Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. at the moment Mm
0: -hmm. It's interesting what you're saying about the individual and what maybe people perceive as being relaxing at the end of the day, you know, is it the sofa or is it going Mm -hmm. for a walk
1: It's the sofa, Netflix and two glasses of wine you know, for many people it is and that's part of the competition so it's understanding why those things are appealing, Mm -hmm. you know, why do people we have a big problem in Scotland and the rest of the UK, many other parts of Europe Uh, Of there's a bit of a problem with binge drinking but that's not too much of a problem really younger people the big problem is the chronic middle aged drinkers who go home every evening and have a glass of wine or two or three Mm -hmm. uh, or some beers mixed in with that maybe a few gin and tonics as well Mm -hmm. and that's the way that they distress their lives and it's their little treat to themselves for working so hard and I think we need to understand that Mm -hmm. Um, if we're just kind of thinking oh these people are stupid or You know, they're kind of destructive. That's not true. They're just trying to get by and have a good life. (laughs) And we need to understand that. And maybe there's some possibility if we tap into that, you know, I want to reward myself for a hard day. Mm -hmm. It might be one of the kind of approaches we take. I'm not advocating this because it's not based on research. It's just (laughs) a perception that, you know, one of the best ways you can treat yourself and feel great at the end of the day is go for a little walk. That might be be an alternative solution. Mm -hmm. So talk about you know, me time and pleasure, that's the point of it. Not, you must go and walk because it's good for your heart.
0: Yes, absolutely. You talked a lot about the need for co-production to Mm. promote social good. Could you explain a bit more about this and perhaps give an example of a good co-production campaign or project?
1: Yeah, I mean co-production in in marketing now is one of the kind of um, central themes of lots of commercial for-profit marketing. It's about working with your clients and customers to create goods and services that they want or buy into, mm-hmm. that, you know that they th- they think are great. So um, again, yeah, a lot of effort in the commercial sector goes into really thoroughly understanding you know what people want mm-hmm. uh, and so on, and then working with them particularly through things like social media now uh, to deliver those products and also promote them i mean things like you know under 35 things like tripadvisor and what some how how people rate hotels is a big indicator so that's of whether that hotel is a good place to go so in a sense the industry the hotel industry hospitality industry and people are working together to create and, and up the standards of hotel accommodations so yeah. that's in, you know in the in the private sector uh, in the public sector uh, I mean I think it works in a similar way and it's been augmented now because of obviously digital uh, social digital kind of media platforms makes it much easier to connect people up and get them to suggest suggestions there's a good example down in Kent that I know of which is called uh, active mobs and uh, what well, this is the, the the county council set up um, a, a, a website platform app where you can say um, I want to do something active but with other people because one of the things we know is people really value you know, one of your, bits of your research is um, what, what's one of the main reasons for people going out on a walk when it's a chance to go and chat with somebody yeah. that's, that's one of the kind of things people like so what this Active Mobs program does is you can go on there and form your own group so you can form like a, a dog walkers group hmm. or a mums with prams group or a bird watchers group or a, you know whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that social media site, people log on to that, you say when the next walk's gonna be, where it's gonna be, and people show up and do it. So they have like, you know, um, mum's mobs and dog walking mob and, uh, and so on. So uh, it's basically empowering and encouraging people to get together and create their own solutions and their own social groups uh, to kind of, in this case, take some, some activity Often in the form of walking.
0: Mhm, and that ties in a lot with what you've spoken about before about a citizens' approach, and you know people are, you know, initiating these things on their own.
1: Yeah, and people want to do it, and increasingly, even you know, even older people, even sounds terrible, sorry, ageist, just, uh, you know, are, are, are using these sites to connect with other people, yeah. um, and you know then engage in uh, forms of physical activity. There's another really good one called a plogging, where people kind of they go for a walk. But all, actually what they're motivated by is picking up all the rubbish yeah. in their hedgerows and sidewalks and, uh, and pavements. So the motivation is not a good walk. The motivation is let us do something to improve our environment locally because mm-hmm. we're fed up with all the rubbish.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a sense of by-product is the walking.
0: So a difficult question, but in your view, what needs to happen to turn Scotland into the active nation that we'd love it to be?
1: I think lots of things I've already mentioned I think could make a contribution uh, to that. Um, I think we need you know, organisations like Paths for All you know, uh, out there and pushing. Uh, and you probably need a lot more money to do your job in the way that you'd like to do it thoroughly. Um, a, a couple of the challenges I'm going to throw out in the, in the presentation is, one, I think um, we need to put more of it into understanding the people that we're seeking to help. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some good data sets descriptive data sets about who walks why they walk I'd like to know a lot more about what gets in the way you know people's own suggestions about how we might be able to challenge it and change it um, probably a finer grain segmentation of, of the population because there'll be many different kinds of barriers and also enabling factors for different subsets of, of the population so I think you know deeper understanding about that would really, would really help um, the other big thing I think is Building what I would call a a bigger delivery coalition, I think you know has an important role to play in bringing organisations together to kind of push in the same direction. And I notice all the kind of sponsors and supporters that you have. um, I didn't spot any from the private sector on on that list. Um, So I think there's there's quite a few NGOs and other government departments and agencies. That's fantastic, and that that kind of I would call usual suspects group could be grown so you know maybe there are other NGOs and government departments who are not you know don't jump to mind but they may have an important role to to play there might be people from the energy sector you know in in government uh, you know obviously transport planning is already in there people like the police uh, probation they might be other people that you know could be engaged and they'll have you know faith groups and so on in the community. But also the private sector. I mean, obviously some sections of the private sector uh, are the competition. They are pushing back and they are doing things encouraging sedentary behaviour and maybe unhealthy eating, smoking, those kinds of things. And those people we don't want to collaborate with. We want to destroy if we can. So, you know, some work on tackling them and, and the kind of negative impact they're having. But there are also thousands of companies out there who... You know, their, their kind of purpose is not just to make money. Their purpose is to do social good. That's what they see themselves doing. That's what their shareholders want them to do. Mm. And that's what gives them a license to operate and sell goods and services. Uh, so I think I think there's a reluctance amongst many NGOs and government agencies to work collaboratively with the private sector because they worry that you know there's a risk associated with it, which there is. But I think working in partnership with them is the only way to get the reach uh, and also the trust of people. Lots of people trust private brands more than they do the government or NGOs. Um, you know, I don't think we've got a monopoly on that, that kind of trust. So, yeah, I would encourage reaching out and building delivery coalitions across all sectors uh, and, you know, joining up the dots between, you know, most people don't experience separate mental health issues, physical health issues, social health issues, economic issues, uh, in in silos or transport issues. Mm-hmm. They experience them as just part of their life in, in a connected kind of way. So I think, you know, m- more effort into connecting up the various agendas uh, around people's, you know, physical, mental well-being um, would, would reap rewards, I think.
0: And finally, our last question that we ask all our interviewees. What is your favourite
1: walk? Uh, one of my, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very fortunate I live in Hampshire, which is a very beautiful part of the country, mm-hmm. and I, my house b- backs onto a forest. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I don't have I don't, any excuses not for doing <laughs> good walks. My, one of my favourite walks is through the kind of national uh, uh, trust land there where my house is, is situated, uh, through the woods uh, to one of my favourite pubs and having a pint or two <laughs> and then staggering back
0: <laughs> so um
1: yeah walk through the wall of forest in hampshire is is one of my
0: favorites oh, sounds lovely we must visit sometime thank you so much for your time today